Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Gossip Program. Today it's Lucas and I'm alone for this program. And I know that it's been quite a long time I think that I haven't done a Gossip Program, but unfortunately it's my turn because, well, we should all pass through this subject. So this time it's me and me alone for this Gossip. And today I will try at least to gossip about a very interesting subject for me and I wish it will interest you too. So today I will talk about Into the Wild. So for those who speak French, I already have done a program about the movie and the book of Into the Wild in the French program. But today I'm here to gossip and in English about the main character of the story, the American Christopher McCandless. So for those who have already listened to the program in French, I will say again some little things. And for those who haven't, well, you will probably learn a few things if you don't know so much things about it. So to begin with, I will try to speak a little bit about the summary of Into the Wild, what's Into the Wild for those who don't know anything about it. And then I will speak a little bit more deeply about the main character, so Christopher McCandless, and about also his death because, yeah, it's a bit of a spoiler, but not entirely, if I can say that, because it's his death that made him famous because uh, the author of the book, John Krakauer, wrote this book because of the story and finally because of the death of Christopher McCandless. If he haven't died, maybe we wouldn't have heard of him today. So to begin with, Into the Wild is a 1996 non-fiction book written by John Krakauer. It is an expansion of a 9,000-word article by Krakauer on Chris McCandless titled Death of an Innocent which appeared in the January 1993 issue of Outside, the magazine Outside, which is a magazine about uh, outdoor. The book was adapted to a film of the same name in 2007, directed by Sean Penn, with Emil Hirsch staring as McCandless. Into the Wild is an international bestseller which has printed into 30 languages and 173 editions and formats. The book is widely used as high school and college reading curriculum. Into the Wild has been lauded by many reviewers and in 2019 was listed by Slate as one of the 50 best non-fiction works of the past quarter century. But the book has also been described by Alaskan reporter Craig Madred as something invented by its author. So we will I will talk about it a little bit later, why some of the people and um, some Alaskan people mainly uh, speak sometimes a little bit bad about this story and what they think and it's very understandable and we will understand all this. So now the main character. So Christopher Johnson McConless grew up in suburban Anandali, Virginia. After graduating in May 1990 with high grades from Emory University, McCandless seized communication with his family, gave away his college fund of $24,500 to Oxfam, 
and began traveling across the western United States, later abandoning his 1982 Datsun B210 after a flash flood. On April 28, 1992, McCandless hitchhiked to the Stampede Trail in Alaska, there he headed down the snow-covered trail to begin an odyssey with only 10 pounds, so 4,500 grams of rice, a .22 caliber rifle, several boxes of rifle rounds, a camera, and a small selection of reading material, including a field guide to the region's edible plants, Tanaina plant law. He declined an acquaintance offer to buy him sturdier clothing and better supplies, and unfortunately, McCandless perished sometimes around the week of August 18, 1992, after surviving 113 days. And this is now where we are interested, because the death, the cause of the death of Christopher McCandless has been subject to a lot of debates during a lot of decades, even decades, because like I said, he died in 1992, and uh, in... 2010, 2015, even there was research about it, and even specialists wasn't sure about how he died. So today there are some statistics, some research that have been made, and there are some suppositions, but we are not entirely sure of the cause. If there is only one, maybe also some people are thinking that he probably died from not only one thing, but uh, a range of different things. But to start, let's say that McConnell's cause of death was officially ruled to be starvation. Although the exact circumstances relating to his death remain the subject of some debate. McConnell survived for approximately 113 days in the Alaskan wilderness, foraging for edible roots and berries, shooting an assortment of game, including a moose, and keeping a journal. Although he planned to hike to the coast, the boggy terrain of summer proved too difficult, and he decided instead to camp in a derelict camping bus left behind by a road construction company. In July, he tried to leave, only to find the route blocked by the Teklanika River raging with snowmelt. On July 30, McCandless wrote a journal entry which read, Extremely weak, fault of potato seed. So from that, uh, John Krakower, for example, because he's, it's him who wrote the book and made a lot of research about Christopher McCandless, have made a lot of theory about maybe it was the potato seed, but which sort of potato seeds or even for. So the main theory is still malnutrition, but there are a lot of theories of malnutrition. So first of all, rabbit starvation. In his book Into the Wild, so the book that I talk about, which out in 1996, Krakower suggests two factors may have contributed to McCandless' death. First, he offered that McCandless was running the risk of rabbit starvation from over-relying on lean game for nutrition. So for those who don't know, um, rabbit starvation, also known as protein poisoning, refers to a hypophysis acute from a malnutrition caused by a diet deficient in fat, where almost all calories consumed come from lean meat. The concept is discussed in the context of paleoanthropological investigation into the diet of ancient humans, especially during the last glacial maximum and at high latitude. 
So the rabbit's starvation, so protein poisoning, uh, report symptoms including initial nausea and fatigue followed by diarrhea and ultimately death. So it's the first well, theory of Krakower when he wrote his book. But Krakower also speculated that McCandless might have been poisoned by a toxic alkaloid called Swenzonine, so I don't know if it's the right pronunciation, but something like that, by ingesting seeds containing the toxin or possibly by a mold that grows on them when he put them down into a plastic bag. Swenzonine inhibits metabolism of glycoproteins, which cause starvation, despite ample caloric intake. However, in an article in the September 2007 issue of Men's Journal, Matthew Power states that extensive laboratory testing showed there were no toxin or alkaloids present in the H. alpinum seeds McCandless had been eating. The Dr. Thomas Clausen, the chair of the chemistry and biochemistry department at University of Alaska Fairbanks, said, I told that plant apart, there were no toxins, no alkaloids, I'd eat it myself. Analysis of the wild sweet peas given as the cause of McCandless death in Into the Wild found no toxic compounds and there is not a single account in modern medical literature of anyone being poisoned by this species of plant. As Bauer put it, he didn't find a way out of a blush, couldn't catch enough food to survive and simply starve to death. So even so, in 2007, so more than uh, almost 15 years after his death, experts didn't agree about what caused his death, and some of it were saying that simple starvation. But in 2013, a new hypothesis was proposed. Again, Ronald Hamilton, a retired bookbinder at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania, suggested a link between the symptoms described by McCandless and the poisoning of Jewish prisoners in the Nazi concentration camp in Wapniarka. He put forward the proposal that McCandless starved to death because he was suffering from paralysis in his legs induced by lapharism, which prevented him from gathering food or hiking. Lepharism may be caused by ODAP poisoning from seed of Hedirasum alpinium, commonly called wild potato. The ODAP, a toxic amino acid, had not been detected by the previous studies of the seeds because they had suspected and tested for a toxic alkaloid rather than an amino acid. And nobody had previously suspected that these seeds contained this toxin. The protein would be relatively harmless to someone who was well-fed and on a normal diet, but toxic to someone who was malnourished, physically stressed, and on an irregular and insufficient diet, as McCandless was, it's worse. And as Crocker points out, McCandless Field Guide did not warn of any dangers of eating the seeds, which were not yet known to be toxic, and that's the point. Crocker suspects this is the meaning of McCandless Journal entry of July 30, which states, and it's a quote, extremely weak thought of potato seed, much trouble just to stand up, starving, great geopardy. In September 2013, Crocker published an article in the New Yorker 
following up on Hamilton's claims, a sample of fresh Hedif Zerum alpinum seeds was sent to a laboratory for HPALT analysis. Results showed that the seed contained uh, 0.3094% beta ODAP by weight, a concentration well within the levels known to cause lepharism in humans, although the interpretation of the results were disputed by other chemists. The article notes that while occasional ingestion of foodstuff containing ODAP is not hazardous for healthy individuals eating a balanced diet, individuals suffering from malnutrition, stress and acute hunger are especially sensitive to ODAP and are thus highly susceptible to the incapacitating effects of lapharism after ingesting the neurotoxin. So this is another theory and unfortunately even experts didn't agree again on this one. Um, and in March 2015, Cracker co-authored a scientific analysis of this last plant that we talked about, seeds, that McCandless ate. And instead of ODAP, the report found relatively high levels of L-cavananine, an anti-metabolite toxic to mammals, in the H. alpinum seeds and concluded it is highly likely that the consumption of alpinum seeds contributed to the death of Chris McConless. So at the end, in 2015, finally, they said that it's probably one of the things that contributes to the death of Chris McConless. So it was probably the potato seeds that he ate, but there is a quite high probability that uh, nobody knows at this time that these seeds were not good for humans and especially when we are not in a very good physical condition and unfortunately maybe he died because of this. So this was a little bit too uh, gossip about all the story behind the death of Christopher McCandless. But now to finish and to continue, let's speak a little bit about later and about the consequences that happened after the release of the book and the movie about Into the Wild, which was afterwards really famous. So first, the converted green and white bus where McCandless lived and died became a well-known destination for hikers, known as the Magic Bus. The 1946 International Harvester was abandoned by road workers on 1961 on the Stampede Trail. A plaque in McCandless' memory was affixed to the interior by his father, Walt McCandless. McCandless' life became the subject of a number of articles, books, films and documentaries which helped elevate his life to the status of modern myth. He became a romantic figure to some inspired by what they see as his free-spirited idealism, but to others, he's a controversial, misguided figure. The Magic Bus became a pilgrimage destination for trekkers who would camp at the vehicle. Some of these experienced their own difficulties, or even died attempting to cross the Telkalanika River. And so, because of all that, on June 18, 2020, so last year, Various government agencies coordinated with an Alaska Army National Guard training mission to finally remove the bus deemed a public safety issue after at least 15 people had to be rescued 
and at least two people died while attempting to cross the Teklanika River to reach the bus. On September 24, 2020, the Museum of the North at the University of Alaska, Fairbanks, announced it became the permanent home of McCandless Magic Bus 142, where it will be restored and an outdoor exhibit will be created. And so now it's time to speak about what people think and thought at the time about this story, well, the final death of Christopher McCandless and his idealism and all this. So we can say that McCandless has been a polarizing figure since his story came to widespread public attention with the publication of Cracker's January 1993 outside article, while the author and many others have a sympathetic view of a young traveler, others, particularly Alaskans, have expressed negative views about McCandless and those who romanticize his fate. For example, the Alaskan park ranger Peter Christian wrote, When you consider McCandless from my perspective, you quickly see that what he did wasn't even particularly daring, just stupid, tragic, and inconsiderate. First off, He spent very little time learning how to actually live in the wild. He arrived at the Stampede Trail without even a map of the area. If he had had a good map, he could have walked out of this predicament. Essentially, Chris McCandless committed suicide. So for me, well, I will tell my opinion after, but it can be understandable because, well, this ranger is living there, so he knows the condition of how it's difficult to, to live and to survive in this area. But we have also Ken Ilgunas, also an Alaskan park ranger and the author of the McCandless Mecca, wrote in response, Before I go any further, I should say that Pete is a really good guy. But with that said, I think Pete is very, very wrong. Because I am in the unique position as both an Alaskan park ranger and a person who is, in many ways, like Chris McCandless. I feel I can speak with some authority on the subject. McCandless, of course, did not commit suicide. He starved to death, accidentally poisoned himself, or a combination of the two. So here we have another opinion about his death, and about two Alaskans, so it was. And now we have also the opinion of Sherry Simpson, writing in the Encouraged Press, described her trip to the bus with a friend, and their reaction upon reading the comments that tourists had left loading McCandless as an insightful, throw-like figure. She said, Among my friends and acquaintances, the story of Christopher McCandless makes great after-dinner conversation. Much of the time I agree with uh, he had a death wish camp because I don't know how else to reconcile what we know of his ordeal. Now and then I venture into the what a dumb shit territory tempered by brief al alliances with the he was just another romantic boy of on an all-American quest partisans. Mostly I'm puzzled by the way he's emerged as a hero. And finally, Krakoros, of the author of the book, defends McCandless, claiming that what critics point to as arrogance was merely McCandless' desire for being the first to explore a blank spot on the map. He continues, in 1992, however, there were no more blank spots on the map, not in Alaska, not anywhere, but Chris, with his idiosyncratic logic, 
came up with an elegant solution to this dilemma. He simply got rid of the map in his own mind, if nowhere else, the Terra would thereby remain incognita. So I will, well, I tried until now to have quite a neutral opinion about this. I told facts about what happened and what people thought about it, so you can make your own decision about it. And for me, my opinion about all this is quite similar to the one of the author of the book, John Krakauer. For me, what I really understand at the end, Christopher McCandless, and uh, I think I'm part of uh, people who are, like, if I can say that, fan of Christopher McCandless and his ideal about living his life and trying to find a way out of the society to finally find himself, to reconnect with nature also. And so for me, I understand also his will to not take a map or too much thing because it will be less... Mm, not less dangerous, okay, but that's not the point. But the adventure will not be the same. So, main thing for me that he succeed to do that, even if unfortunately he died at the end, he succeed to, well, said to himself, okay, I want to do that, I will do that, and he really had done that. I mean, he took some rice, a rifle, and that soul, and he went into Alaska in the middle of nowhere. And I think not a lot of people could do that even today or at this time. To say it and to do it, it's a very different thing. And I think it takes a lot of courage to do that at the end and to live because he lived during uh, almost almost four months alone into the wild, like the title is saying, and without anything to do but just living. So, yeah, for me, I really like the story in itself and what it's behind. And I can say that for me, I said this time it's my opinion, that the movie Into the Wild, for example, was, is one of my favorite movies because of all this and because that's a true story. So, I wish you are enjoying what I'm saying. I am almost finished because it's a short program, so hopefully also because I'm alone. But to finish with, I have a few sentences, a few quotes that I took from the book and uh, that are really interesting and we can maybe understand better how the mind of Christopher was working. Because I'm, I think I also for different things, not in all the way, but for some thoughts, I'm quite the same also as Christopher McCandless. So one of the most popular famous quotes of Into the Wild is happiness only real when shared. So this sentence is very famous because it's the last, one of the last sentence that uh, Christopher wrote when he was dying at the end. He realized that, okay, even if he spent time alone in the wild, at the end, he we can be happy only when we are with the others and we are sharing what we are doing. Like he he did that during almost two years because he spent, uh, let's say, one year and a half traveling around America and uh, in the United States and then he went to Alaska. So he did that and then after some times in the wild he realized that with other people that can be better. So that's quite sad also because he realized this when he wanted so to come back to a real world because 
he wanted to come back to the civilization, if we can say that. But because of events and nature also, no. But yeah, happiness only real when shared is one of the best sentences, I think. One other sentence I think a little bit more funny for me that I also understand is um, in the movie, Christopher McCandless uh, is saying to Mr. Franz, which is uh, an old man that he met uh, on the road in the United States when he was traveling. He said, Mr. Franz, I think careers are a 20th century invention and I don't want one. And yeah, with this sentence, we can understand a bit better the mind of Christopher McCandless because he wanted to be out of the society, what the, what the society is making us, what society wants us to become. And uh, yeah, for him, he didn't want a career. And that's quite interesting. Another sentence. My days were more exciting when I was penniless. I've decided I'm going to live this life for some time to come. Her freedom and simple beauty is too good to pass up. And this is also very interesting because I also read a book, a totally different book, but about uh, someone who travels, who is traveling without money, who traveled without money. And uh, at the end, yeah, life is maybe more interesting without money because you need to, well, if you're not alone in the middle of nowhere, you need to go to the people to ask for food, to ask for somewhere to sleep, and uh, you don't know. Nothing is given. I mean, when in the society where we are living, in the well, in developed countries like Europe, United States, we have almost everything at hand. We want something, we had it. I mean, for example, even water, food, uh, now internet. I don't know what else, but everything we had it. So we don't the basic needs. We don't even realize that we need it because it's really easy to have them fulfilled. But when you are penniless, that's what he's saying. All this become more present, and life is more interesting. You're living because uh, I don't know how to explain, but I also really understand this quote, and I like it. And then I had another, well, a bit longer quote that uh, Christopher McCandless wrote that also explain what he thinks of who he is and what he is doing. So, two years he walks the earth. No phone, no pool, no pets, no cigarettes. Ultimate freedom. An extremist. An aesthetic voyager whose home is the road. Escaped from Atlanta, who shall not return because the West is the best. And now, after two rumbling years, comes the final and greatest adventure. The climatic battle to kill the false being within and victoriously conclude the spiritual pilgrimage. Ten days and nights of freight trains and hitchhiking bring him to the great white north. No longer to be poisoned by civilization, he flees and walks alone upon the land to become lost in the wild. Alexander Supertramp, May 1992. So yeah, I didn't evoke it, but Alexander Supertramp, Supertramp was his surname that he invented when he was traveling. And so, yeah, I think I said something false uh, a few minutes ago. He traveled, I think, two years in the United States and then go to Alaska or something in between. So with this, you can maybe re-listen to this 
sentences again. We understand, I think, better the mindset of Christopher McCandless. And then I have two last sentences. The joy of life comes from our encounters with new experiences, and hence there is no greater joy than to have an endlessly changing horizon for each day to have a new and different sun. And finally, the last quote that I like. Strong, you can do anything. You can go anywhere. Money, power is an illusion. So for this, I also agree. I haven't traveled a lot yet. And I haven't traveled alone yet. And I haven't traveled without money yet. And for me, money, power, like he said, is an illusion. I, I agree that for me, money, power are just things that we are trying to have sometimes um, to make us happier. But at the end, no, if we are stronger, stronger minded, uh, at this point, we have what we need to do anything, to go anywhere, like he's saying, uh, to be happy at the end. So the time has come to end this program, I think. I wish you have enjoyed this program and maybe learned some things about Into the Wild. I wish that if you haven't watched the movie, you will. And the book also, it's very interesting. Um, I really liked the movie, like I said, and the book also. Um, I can add that there is another book uh, which has been written by the sister of uh, Christopher McCandless, Karen. And I haven't read this book yet, but I think I will because it should be also interesting because it also explains why Christopher McCandless left um, his parents, his family without any information, why he gave all his money, why he didn't try to reach with his parents because there was also some problems about it. But that's all for today. Thank you for listening to me and to this program. Don't hesitate to share this program to the people you know if you think that was interesting and see you in the next program. Bye.